Hello, Grace Point. <clears throat> Hello, Grace Point. Okay. All right. Well, the theme is gratitude. And after that first, um, good morning, I, I wasn't very grateful for that first response. No, we're uh, not only Thanksgiving, but this is a theme of, of gratitude. I'm also very grateful that God has brought our executive pastor and wife back from their sabbatical. They were in the first service. So Bob, Bob and Tammy are back. Uh, well, our church is so blessed to have him as our executive pastor. I'm very grateful for our staff that assembled all these trees. And I'm very, very grateful for my wife who designed all the, all the Christmas stuff. So, honey, thank you for all your hard work. And she hates it when I do that. She hates it when I do that. So please do me a favor. Please do me a favor by not going up to her and thanking her, okay? Um, I will pay for it if you do. Now, I'm going to ask some questions and see how, how good your memory is, all right? I'll give you an easy question. I'm going to ask you about remembering, you know, your family um, and how far back can you go in that. I'll give you an easy one. How many of you know and remember the names of your parents? Can I see your hands? Okay, look around. If you're sitting next to someone that you're related to and, you know, they're, they're not recognizing you, um, withhold gifts from them, all right? All right, here's another easy one. How, how many of you know the names of your siblings? Okay, all right, easy, easy. All right, now, now here's a moderate question. How many of you know the names of your grandparents? All right, on both sides, all right, okay, good. See, the numbers are going down a little bit. All right, here's a harder one. Take a look at these hands. How many of you know the names of your great-grandparents? Okay. All right, less hands. Now we'll go great, great grandparents' names. All right, awesome. Now, here's a sobering thought. Within three or four generations, your family will not know who you are. Let's close in prayer. All right. Isn't that sobering, though? That's sobering because life is here and gone. It, it is just a vapor, Scripture says. It's here and then it's gone. Now, we are concluding, we're landing the plane of our series in, in Romans, and some of you are going to be grateful that your pastor's not going to tease you with steak videos anymore, but uh, we've been, in the, starting in September, we've been going through this book, this meat and potatoes of theology of who God is, his decrees, his judgments, his good uh, goodness, his gospel, the good news, and, and salvation, and mercy, and all that. Then we've been studying in this book of then how to live that you, like you have been, been saved and, and redeemed and God paid the price of our sins. So we're going we're gonna to finish that today. So go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 16. If you believe that today was the day for our grand opening, you did not get the memo that that has been delayed until the first Sunday in January. And uh, so I usually am two weeks ahead of sermon and notes and keynotes and everything. So God directed me to this message, this unique message today. And it is unique because in chapter 16, in 27 verses, 37 names are given. 37 names. A lot of these names um, are difficult to pronounce, and you could butcher them very easily. But if you look at the very beginning of Romans, the very first verse in Romans, it starts like this. Paul, a servant of Christ, called to be an apostle. So Paul started with me and ends with we. 
Started with here's who I am, but then he talks about here's who you are. Here are some people that God has assigned to the church at Rome. Now, it's very easy to look at a chapter like this and go, there's all these names. I can't pronounce most of them. And I'm just going to move on to, you know, to something else. Or these names in this chapter is, is very little value and application to my life, and I'll just move forward. And I disagree. I think there are, there's things we can learn from this, glean from this, and that's where God has led me today. Now, my wife and I have been going through the entire book of the Bible. Um, it started last January. She's been reading the Bible. I have been hearing Scripture. Uh, there's an app called Version, and you can pick your translation, and there's also an audio button, and you can push that, and someone will read it to you. I, I have understood the, the, the Word of God in a, a different way, using a different sense, and that is the audio version. So instead of me butchering a bunch of pronunciations, I've invited my friend that I've never met, but I've heard for almost a year from you version to read Romans chapter 16, and he doesn't butcher one name at all. So join me, it's also on the lower thirds, in Romans chapter 16. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon of the church in Centrea. I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Greet also the church that meets at their house. Greet my dear friend Apennitus, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. Greet Mary who worked very hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. They are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Greet Ampliatus, my dear friend in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend Stachys. Greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test. Greet those who belong to the household of Aristopolis. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those in the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, those women who worked hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who has been a mother to me too. Greet Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Petrobus, Hermas, and the other brothers and sisters with them. Greet Philologus, Julia, Narius, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ send greetings. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teaching you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. By smoother talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. 
The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. Timothy, my co-worker, sends his greetings to you, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. Gaius, whose hospitality I and the whole church here enjoy, sends you his greetings. Erastus, who is the city's director of public works, and our brother Quartus, send you their greetings. Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles might come to the obedience that comes from faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right. So this story in Rome, the church, every church has a story, and the story written of the church at Rome is filled with men and, and women, real men and women who made an impact. And God decided to record their names, forever record their names, okay, forever to be remembered. You see, the Word of God will last through all eternity, and we're going to meet people in heaven that their names are recorded in heaven, and, uh, and, and we can celebrate that. So God wanted them, their names written down. Why do you, I think, Paul wrote their name down? I believe it's because he was so grateful for these men and women who impacted him personally and also were impacting the local church there in Rome. They were assigned by God to be a part of that church. They were assigned by God to be part of that church. If you're taking notes, here's a central point. God has assigned you. All right, God has assigned you to continue his story in and through Grace Point Church. God has assigned you. If you call yourself, you know, this is, this is your church, whether you're in the room or watching online, that God has assigned you. God doesn't just assign pastors. God doesn't just call pastors to churches. He calls and assigns people to be involved and be a part of the church. So God has assigned you. God has written your name down. God has written your name down for what he wants to, and how God wants to use you in and through the story called Grace Point Church. There's men, there are men, women, and children, and teenagers that God has assigned to Grace Point Church. And the rest of this message, I will highlight off and on real people who God has assigned, and they are doing well in their assignment here at Grace Point Church. I am so grateful for those who have gone before us, but I'm also grateful for those who are here. I am thankful and grateful that in 1964, God assigned Tony and Virginia Kinsley to our church, and they have been here for the last 59 years. Thank you. God bless you. It's one of the most faithful couples in our church history. I am grateful for those of you who are here that you were here when Pastor DeGraff was here, one of the, our lead pastors, one of my mentors. And I'm grateful that you are still here and you have stories about what God did 
back in those days. I, I'm grateful for those of you who were here when we had two years in between Pastor DeGraff and myself, two, the, the two dark years, all right? Uh, and if some of you are still here. I'm grateful that you stayed. I'm grateful that when God called me back to be the lead pastor here in 2005, that some of you are still with us here. I'm very grateful that you stayed. I'm very grateful that God has brought others that since 2005 to be a part of our story, not my story, not your story, but God's story in Grace Point Church. Very grateful for that. And also God has um, giving us a growing part of our family called our online Grace Point family. It is growing and is very consistent and faithful. And I'm going to give a shout out to just a handful of people that consistently and faithfully are engaged with what we're doing here from afar. I'm thankful for Debbie and David, who almost on a weekly basis connect with Grace Point in Indianapolis. I'm thankful for Perry, that he on a regular basis is connecting with Grace Point even though he lives in Somerville, South Carolina. I'm thankful for you, Rose, in Florida. I'm thankful for you, Sabina, who are, you, you're in Virginia, but actually not now, you've been traveling, uh, traveling Europe, and mainly you're in Germany now. On a faithful basis, wherever Sabina is, she is a part of our Grace Point family. I'm thankful for you, Michelle, from Oahu. I'm thankful for you, Shelly, in Sunrise, Arizona. I'm thankful for Judy and Bonnie, and others in Bremerton area that physically can't be here but are faithful every single week. And I'm thankful and grateful for over 600 people across this globe who faithfully and consistently are part of our Grace Point family. Can we thank our online family at this time? When all of those who help put on the online service are struggling and discouraged, God usually brings an email from someone from afar, and I get to read it to our team, and as you just see their whole spirit lifted up of, yes, what I am doing is making a difference. Thank you. God knows each of your names. God, is, God knows the assignment that he has given you wherever you may be, and God is looking for you to complete that assignment because this story here at Grace Point, is part of the bigger story, and that's God's story. But God also knows what your assignment is, but also God knows where you are in the stages of church life. There, there's th kind of three areas of stage life. First of all, you attend physically or you attend, you know, remotely, but you are present, whether you're here or watching online. But then the next level is those of you who are engaged, all right? You are connected to other people. All right, you're not by yourself. You are engaged by being involved and you're, you're, you're growing outside of these walls and you're connected with other people. And then the next level is those of you who really belong. Now, everyone, we want to belong. Everyone is welcome here. But belonging means you are contributing. You're helping other people belong. You're not just watching from the, from the sidelines. You're in the game and you're really in the, uh, uh, you know, on the field helping other people feel like, yes, I am known by someone else. I am loved by someone else. So God knows 
what stage you are in. And God knows some of you, a part of your assignment is to move from just attending to becoming engaged and belonging to this, this church. So I'm going to share some things. I'm going to glean from Romans chapter 16, what helped make this church thrive and healthy, what makes churches thrive and, and growing as well. So here's some things for your notes. Not only for this church, but I want our church to be a church where church is a family in which you belong. It's not just an, a service to attend. It's a church family that you belong. Notice in, in verse 1, when Paul begins, the first uh, lady that he, he, he talks about is a lady called Phoebe. But he mentions her, her as part of the family first before he gives her role. He says, I commend you to our sister. All right? Probably not biological sister. It's a spiritual sister. We're in the family of God. This is one of our sisters, Phoebe. Then he gives her role as a deacon. The Greek word diagonos means servant. And that I, I thank God for her. I commend her for, as my sister, as a deacon. And also she was one who has been a benefactor, meaning a financial contributor to me and to other people. I mean, she was, she was very much engaged at helping other people belong. But he mentions family first. In verse 13, uh, he, he mentions, mentions Rufus, but he, then he spends more time talking about his mother. And I love this. He says, who has also been a mother to me. See that family? See, when you are really connected in a church, and especially here in Kitsap County with all of our military movement and job transfers and all that, we have an opportunity to be a surrogate family for many people. There, there are many who, who call Grace Point their home who are apart from their family. So they get involved in a ministry. They get involved in a, um, a life group where they have now surrogate sisters, you know, sisters from a different mother, brothers, you know, brothers like from a, from a different mother. And that's why you, when you start serving and connecting and engaging, then you get to be that for someone else. Like if you're a volunteer in our youth ministry, you're like, if you're depending on your age, you're like a bigger brother. You're like a big sister. Uh, when we had a, for a number of years a, a life group for young marrieds, we became the surrogate father and mother. Now we're getting older, so we're going to be grandparents to some of you. But there are some of you ladies who have been like a mother to me. There's that family connection that Paul is bringing all throughout this passage, you mentioned brothers and sisters, family. Then there's verse 16, which is a lot of people don't understand. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. When I was a teenager, I really wanted to apply this verse to all the cute girls in my youth group. But I didn't have the courage to do that. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? See, in the, in the Western, you know, civilization, you know, we, we don't do that. But if you go to different parts of the country, they, they kiss you without even asking. When I was a youth pastor in Southern California, before coming back up here, there was a father of uh, several teenagers in my, in my ministry that he was 100% Italian. I mean, he looked Italian, he dressed Italian, he sounded Italian, you know, Ronaldo was all Italian. And I remember one time, the first time we really met, 
it was outside our lobby. We had a big parent meeting and, and hundreds of parents came. And he makes a beeline to me and my wife. And, and I go to shake, reach out my hand and go, uh-uh. He goes, pushes that away. He grabs me by the shoulder and gives me a good Italian kiss on this cheek. Mwah, mwah. Then he double dipped. Mwah, mwah. Then he, without asking my permission, stepped over to Candy and did the same thing. And I'm just sitting like this. And when he was done, I think he looked at us and we were both like, like, what just happened? We're in Southern California. And he was like, no problem, we're family. And every single time I saw him, guess what he did to me? That's kind of what the culture is. When I was down there a couple years in, we, we took about 50 high schoolers up to a mission trip into Canada. We landed at SeaTac, rented a bunch of vans, went up to Canada and did ministry. And this is after 9-11, and we had a tight timeline to get back. And we were coming back, and we got stopped at the Canadian border, and it was like for 45 minutes. There went our buffer of time. And we get, get across the border, and we are just hauling all these church vehicles, like not obeying the speed limit. We had to get, get or we're going to miss our plane. And it was so crazy and hectic that we, all of us vans pulled up, and dropped everybody off, got all their stuff off, and then we had to, to you know, take the, the vans back. But not only was I a youth pastor, I had my three daughters, you know, Candy, and, and there was, we had, we had car seats, we had diaper bags, had all their gear, and we're like, go, 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 go. And all I had was my backpack, and really what was really important, it was the video camera and all the, the video picture, I mean, the, the actual photos. And I had those bags with me. And I, we take all the vans back. We come back to SeaTac. And I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just running as fast as I can. And I get, to the, you know, get through the you know, security and get to the gate. Literally within mo- moments, we, we all boarded. And on a beautiful August day, we take off and we go right over Mount Rainier and all these Southern California kids are like, oh, wow. I'm like, oh, I got to capture this. Where's my? And I had no cameras with me. The whole ministry trip I had lost, to, no, I couldn't capture it. And I panicked. And that's when they had those, those phones on the, on, the, on the airplane that were worthless didn't do anything. And I just started, for three hours, I am praying, and I'm and going crazy, I'm going crazy, and going crazy. And my Italian father worked for the same airlines, Alaska Airlines, and I was praying, God, have him be on duty. We landed, and the gate next to us, there is Ronaldo. And I just, I'm sweating, my heart's panicking. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I go over there and he's like, hey, I'm like, none of that. <clears throat> I lean across and I'm like, here's the situation. And da, 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 da. He goes, let me make a phone call. And he, gets, he calls and I'm waiting and they're all going down the, you know, to the luggage area. Then he gets off the phone and he says, you left both camera bags at security they're putting them on tomorrow morning, the first flight from Seattle to here. I will personally pick up your camera bags and personally deliver them to you. And I'm like, come here. 
<laughs> you know, I actually got emotional. I started tearing up because I was so incredibly grateful that God had him in my life. And yes, I did the family kiss. So to greet each other as a family, I, I'm good with hugs and high fives. I'll just let you know that, okay? If you come at me with a little touting thing, I don't know what I'll do anymore. But that, that's the context of treat each other like family because in Christ we are. Another part, point to glean from this story is this church, I want to be a part of a church where conversions are celebrated. Conversions are celebrated. I love verse 5b, Epinetus, his name is written and it says he is the first convert to Christ in Asia. How would you like to have that title? I want to go up to heaven and be at his table and get his signature and autograph. I mean, of all the people that got saved since then in the millions, Paul wanted to celebrate that he was the very first convert to come to Christ in all of Asia. He even celebrates that there's other people that he knew that, hey, they became followers of Christ before I did. So that word convert literally means changed. That they were spiritually and forever changed in coming to Christ. They were in darkness spiritually. They met Jesus and were converted into the light. They were spiritually blind and their eyesight was converted and changed into light. All right, or they they couldn't see, now they see. If there has been no change in your life since you trusted in Christ, then maybe you really didn't trust in Christ. Maybe you're trusting in church or church attendance or religion. There has to be a change. The scripture says when you trust in Christ, old things have gone away. Behold, all things are new. I'm glad we have, as a church, we celebrate conversions. We celebrate life change. In 2023, so far, as of today, there have been 109 public demonstrations of accepting Jesus Christ as people's Lord and Savior. 109. I I believe that's very conservative because there's also on the connect cards, people can check a box that I trusted Christ. And I'm not even including those. And then because of last week, or ever since last week, in 2023, we have had 70 individuals go public by being baptized, that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Healthy churches see conversions, and they see it and celebrate. Another uh, gleaning from this, this church story is uh, want to be a part of a church, and this church was, where faith is steadfast, where their faith, their walk with Christ remains. And, and it says in verse 10 that a palace whose fidelity, fidelity, faithfulness to Christ has stood the test. You, it is getting darker and darker before Jesus comes back. It is hard to to follow Jesus. You can do it. It's worth it. But I believe there's coming a time where our faith is really going to be tested. And who is going to stay faithful to Christ? And he's highlighting someone he was very grateful. Hey, this guy, greet him. Because his fidelity to Christ stood the test. A lot of things negative happened with COVID. Don't need to go into them all. But one of the things that it revealed 
It was a test. Who was going to remain faithful in their walk with Christ? And there's a number of you, you have passed that test. Even when it was dark, even when it was remote, even when it was, you know, no one was around and it was challenging. But sadly, too many professing Christians did not stand that test. Whether it was by fear or by isolation, by apathy, or when the coal was removed from the rest of the coals, they died off. I'm going to continue to challenge you to be strong and faithful in your faith. Then we see is this was a church, and we want to be a church where serving is prominent and widespread. Serving was prominent. Serving is prominent and widespread. Prominent means it's important. It matters, and a lot of people are serving. In verse 3 through 5, he mentions his good friends. Husband and wife, Priscilla and Aquila. He goes, they're my co-workers. Not only do they lay their life on the line, but they opened their house for church. That's what life groups are. It's bringing church inside of a home where you can eat, right? If we don't eat, we don't meet. And you can pray together. You can encourage one another. You can laugh together. You can cry together. You can get deeper in God's word together. And he highlighted this couple, that he loved, that sacrificed for him and others, but had church in their house. In verse 6, he mentions Mary, who works hard for the church. Verse 9, Urbanus, a co-worker in Christ. Verse 12, I believe these are two sisters. Try to repeat those, those names five times fast. But they worked hard in the Lord. Persis, who worked hard in the Lord. This whole this whole chapter is filled with many people who weren't just attending, but they were rolling up their sleeves and getting involved, acting like a family, acting like co-workers, doing the work of the ministry. Pre-COVID, we had um, a, a church-wide uh, survey test and got all the ministry leaders, all the, all the different ministries together. And over 50% of people who attended Grace Point Church, we're serving somewhere. I mean, that is an outstanding number, over 50%. The average church is only 20% who served. Now, we are not at our 50% level. We have, we have dropped below that, but we need more people to be co-workers, to help us tell the story that God has assigned us here at Grace Point Church. So God has assigned people in this church back then, God has assigned you to continue his story. Not Barry's story, not your story, but his story in and through this local church. So I want to mention some more names that I am very grateful for. Now, I can't mention everybody's name. That's why I prayed when I was putting it together this week. God, who do you want me to give a shout out to? Who do you want me to highlight? There's too many to, to, to name. So here's how God led me. I'm so grateful of our own deacons and deaconesses, our own diagonal servants. I am so grateful for Robert, Abel, Daniel, Joel, Joe, Mike, and Zach. I'm so grateful for Elizabeth and Chris and Jessica and Judy, and Nancy, and Teresa, and Sally. 
Can we thank God for our deacons and deaconesses? Every morning we have a handful of men called the retired guys. They show up with their tools and they fix, and they repair, and they paint, and they rewire the right way. <laughs> and they just, they're just here to serve. And I'm so grateful for Dave, for Carl, for Henry, for Bill, Jay, Art, Tim, Jim, I'm sorry, and Terry. Can we thank God for our reti- retired guys? Yeah, this church is, is, is too big for, for a facility manager to handle, and he has a great team. We have a, a fairly new ministry in our children's ministry called the Tandem Buddies. I don't know if you know this. We have uh, special needs kids who for a long time, they can't, parents can't take them to church because they're just other needs. And this new ministry called Tandem Buddies gets paired up with a special child and just sits with them, plays with them, worships with them right next to them. And they're not only blessing those kids to be in our children's ministry and hear about Jesus and worship Jesus, do crafts. These tandem buddies are blessing the mom and the dad who many of them have said, we have not been able to sit in a worship service for a long time until God brought us to Grace Point and God brought us these tandem buddies. I am so grateful for Brittany, Destiny, Chloe, Nancy, and Sue. Can we thank our tandem buddies? <clears throat> this last group of people, if we didn't have them, we wouldn't really have church, and we definitely would not have an online ministry our behind-the-scene tech volunteers do so much. I am so grateful for Todd, for Michael, for Doug, Pauline, Jessica, Becky, Emma, Drew, Riley, Bianca, Ed, Travis, and Krista. Can we thank God for our tech team? Uh, I had had someone say, hey, you you forgot a couple people, and they mentioned staff, like Graceport staff. I said, no, 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 I'm not mentioning staff. Um, You know, they get paid to be good. (laughs) And I joked, and I said, and volunteers, they're good for nothing. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, we are so incredibly grateful. There are... There are more assignments that are left vacant that need to be filled, especially coming into this next year. God is growing our church. God's growing our youth group again. God's growing our children's ministry again, our, 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 our men's Bible studies, our women's Bible studies. It's an opportunity for you to, to go on our website and find, serve and find a place to serve. God assigned these 37 people to be a part, an active part an engaged, belonging part of that church. And God has assigned you. I don't know how long God's assignment will last 
for all of us. But while we're here, while God has us here, no matter how long or short, we have an assignment. You need to help us to continue his story in and through this church. We're not perfect because they hired me, all right? They're not perfect. But real people with real struggles, but we want to point people to a real Savior, no matter how old they are. I love this church. I love this church. I believe this church. And I wish I knew every one of you by name. I wish I knew all your stories, but I can't. But here's how I love all of you. is my prayers, my leading, my teaching, and my serving, doing for some what I wish I could do for all of you. But I love you. And I love those of you who are attending and not yet engaged, but I want you to become engaged. And I love you, those of you who are engaged. You're rubbing shoulders with people. You're getting to know people's names. You're not just spectating. You're getting in the game. And those of you who really belong here and helping others belong, I love you. I'm grateful for you. You are making a difference. Now, this may seem like a shameless plug, but it is a plug. And it's not because we're looking for numbers on, uh, you know, online or on our planning center. But we finally, in June, we went back to a live membership class, all right? All right, live class. And uh, we've had 70 people go through it so far. We've got some great feedback. People who have been here for years and understood a little bit more of why we do what we do here. So the whole membership class is all about here's who we are and here's how you fit. And we've had positive comments for not only here's who we are, understanding, increase, but also you know, they, you get, take a little test, a test you can't fail, my favorite kind, and it finds out how God made you, and you're finding out, well, I can take what God has made me that I enjoy doing, and here's a ministry that I can fit in, and actually when you find your fit, serving is fun. It's not a job, and we're seeing an increase in that. And so if you go to our events page, and you can find the next one's in February. We already have people registering for that class, for the membership class. So understand who we are and then how you fit. I'm going to close by having you all stand. All stand. I want you to stand and, and cup your hands like this. Like if someone's going to pour water in, you don't want holes and it comes out. You want to capture it as much as possible. Because I'm going to finish by praying a prayer of blessing to fill your cup. Would you pray with me? Now to him who has begun a good work here at Grace Point, God, I want you to finish what you have started generations ago. And those who have their hands cupped, Lord, would you bless them? in their assignment to help us tell your story here in and through Grace Point Church. Lord, I pray that they would see the fruit of their investment. They would see the lives that are being changed and they've had a part. Bless them to see this fruit. Bless them by belonging here. We're not a perfect church. Families are not perfect but I pray that you would bless those who belong, who find brothers and sisters, surrogate parents, surrogate grandparents, for those who are those 
surrogates for others. Bless them in these relationships. God, I pray that you would grant your favor on everyone within the sound of my voice, that you would bless their life, bless their family, bless this Christmas season. And God, would you, would you bless and heal any pain that they've experienced from an imperfect church in the past. Lord, would you bless them and bless them abundantly. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.